Now, Sophie, I have a live. Something is going on in the Discord chat. I just don't. I I feel like I don't look at the Discord for this reason, which is my fear that one day something might happen in the Discord well, chat. Well, the thing that is happening is we're being summoned to react to um, a parody of Build a Bitch called Build a Dude. Who made this? I don't know. I just Googled it and nothing's coming up. Uh, so we're being asked to live react to something that doesn't, that we can't find. Maybe like we're, um, they misspoke and we're actually being called to write, <laughs> to build a dude. <laughs> we're being called to write a parody of, I see that I, that I can get down with. I can get down with that more than I can get down with. With build a dude. With having to watch a video. So did they, did they send? I'm waiting. Live updates incoming. We'll touch back on Build a Dude. We'll throw it back over to Build a Dude. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls Like Us, the podcast that asks the question, what does a degree in literature get you with the answer? A podcast about children's books. Franny and I have spent the last fucking 40 minutes trying to we're recording in person um we spent the last 30 minutes trying to like optimize our audio we've had the worst night possible <laughs> we got we got cat called i i got a haircut and i didn't wear makeup uh, to it. yeah which is just the worst possible you guys know what i'm talking about i usually don't wear makeup but you gotta do it with a haircut we well, then what franny doesn't mention is that she got her haircut in somebody's house yeah and my question regarding that is, like, like, were you looking into a mirror as one yeah. would do at a normal haircut the yeah. whole time? Yeah, she has a whole setup. It's just she hasn't been, like, working, like, in a studio during COVID. I actually really like it. The only thing that you can't do is you can't, like, there's no, like, basin to wash your, your yeah. hair in. But that's, like, kind of an added on luxury. I like it more than a regular salon. Um, it does feel very, like, Little House on the Prairie-esque, though. Like, yeah. I'm going to the village. But she's she's very cool. Um, and then we got catcalled. We did. I, I don't even know what they said. And neither did I, but they did stop their car. In the middle of a crosswalk. To probably say, and I think that they said an insult. I think they said to me, is that a dude? I don't think that's what they said You don't at think all. they said, yeah. I don't think that's Which what they said. Which isn't necessarily an insult, but like, you know, I think right. that they were meaning it as one. Yeah, definitely. No, the tone of their voices was definitely like, they were out to hurt us. I don't know. I don't know if they said that. I think it was, I think it was something far more abstract. <laughs> they said, yo, is this Build-A-Bitch? Yeah. Right. They said, have you heard the new Build-A-Bitch parody, Build-A-Dude? And then we were like, no. And they were like, fuck you. Yeah, right. Yeah, dude, no. I have no fucking idea what they were saying or what they were were trying to. Yeah. And then we spent 30 minutes interacting with, um, you know what? We're not audio engineers. As... As we said, you know, you can't be hot and smart, and right. we're certainly hot, so we cannot figure out the aggregate device input settings on GarageBand. Dude, it's not that we can't figure it out. It's that it doesn't work, and I will fully, I will take that position all the way, as far as I could possibly take it. I will take it to court. I will take Apple and Steve Jobs to court, because I just don't believe that it's designed to work. I have a great lawyer for you. <laughs> have you heard of him? He's married to Erica Jane. <laughs> He's Mr. Erica Jane. His name is Tom Girardi, and I really think you guys would get along, and hes I've just heard such good things about him. This sounds like a man who would give me my money on time. He would get you your money on time. He would not withhold your money (laughs) after you were in, like, a gas accident. Um, Yeah. I mean, honey. A gas accident, (laughs) honey. This sounds like a man who wouldn't, if I, like, 
let's say, you know, gotten some sort of horrible accident and needed a financial settlement. This does not sound like a man who would skim maybe $40,000 off Mm -mm. the top of it to pay um, his wife's glam squad. Yeah. You know, Sophie and I were talking about this earlier because Erica Erica Jane slash Erica Girardi is absolutely going to jail. Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. Her husband is skimming, was skimming money off the top of like victims that he was representing from like the Malaysian plane crash and this man who's like like an oil pipe exploded in his house. Like people very- That's very, a new fear I didn't have until I read I the know. article. An oil pipe randomly exploding at night. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we were- I think Sophie asked earlier, she was like, do you think Erica's jam squad is... Her jam, jam squad. <laughs> her well, they squad. are in a way to go her, to jail with her. her? jam squad, They too. are kind of her jam squad, too. They prepare her jams. Right. They, I, will Mikey be in jail? Yeah, I think that she is going to frame Mikey for some kind of horrendous crime so that he has to go to jail with her, and then he will, you know, kind of contract people in the jail. Because it seems like nobody but Mikey actually is an essential worker. Like, it seems like Mikey is the only... I think Mikey's there all the time. I mean, they have those, like, red bubble pillows of them in her studio. But there's a third person in the red bubble pillow. But I think that third person is... I think they're rotating. (laughs) I think it's kind of like an optical illusion. Yeah, I think, like, it's... The third person is, is... the footsteps that you saw next to you. Right, exactly. When you were on walking the on the beach, yeah, they were they were lifting up your your cunty necklace. Right, and exactly. Polishing it. <laughs> oh no, she's so going to jail, dude. I know, and I feel kind of bad because I I think I like did not realize like just how bad he was. He's bad, bad. What do you mean you didn't realize? Well, I like it? didn't look into the details enough. I was like, oh, he like stole money from his yeah, clients. You, I didn't you realize you were on like the Reddit forums being like, if you think this is bad, like then you're just like believing in cancel culture. Right. I'm like, you, yeah, he like, I mean, I, I think I assumed that he was going to get like de- debarred for something and lose all his money, but I, I did not look into the details closely enough. And yep, he's not good. I had no idea. <laughs> If y'all know the promo we're talking about. No, I did not. I love how she wears her sunglasses all the time because it's like, at that point, just take them off because we know that you're just hiding your morning eyes and that's okay. Maybe she had some sort of like weird, like, she like LASIK. Eye, she, right, yeah. like an eye rejuvenation yeah. surgery. I almost said eye rejuvenation ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ceremony. She had to like... Dude, that sounds like an America's Next Top Model challenge. And I rejuvenate. They're like, you have to host a traditional eye rejuvenation uh, ceremony. They're like, what culture is this? And Tyra's like, none. I it's, will, it's Tyra culture. It's I made Tyra it up. culture. I made you it up. You don't know it? Yeah. Uh, have you not read Model Land? If you had read Model Land, you would be familiar <laughs> with you knew, the Tyra if, culture. You would know about Tuki de la Cremes. That's probably in Model Land, too. I'm sure it exists. It yeah. exists somewhere in Tyra's mind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I just have to say two things before we keep going. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, a function of us recording in person. One, Franny's drinking an O'Doul's right now, which I yeah. just saw, which is... It's a golden non-alcoholic brew. Why are you drinking an O'Doul's? Because... You like the taste of beer? No. I do like the taste of beer. How many... Let me see this thing. How many calories is in an O'Doul's? Probably like 500 calories. That's truly... It's like... Like, and I don't mean to be this bitch right now. I don't mean to build a bitch right now. Is it right empty? Are, are you going to say it's empty calories? No, I'm just saying it's like I drink alcohol to get drunk. I don't drink alcohol for like the the nostalgic taste of Ireland with no duels. Well, and you so know what to, I'm going to say, Sophie? And I'm going to call you out here. I'm going to bring you to the red table. Bring me to the red table. I offered you a seltzer from my fridge, not a non, like a, like I'm I offered you a bubbly. It. 
no, I know, I know, but I believe that you took the last one and I would have offered it to you anyway. That was my fault. I didn't look in the fridge. I didn't mean, I didn't, you just I said there's seltzer in the fridge. You said, take the bubbly. I said, I I'm taking the bubbly. I framed you. You did You're frame my Mikey me. and I'm Erica Jane. Yeah, and what the fuck? This is, I, you are changing the subject off of you drinking in O'Doul's. Yeah, also it still says, like, I don't think a pregnant person could drink this because it still contains some alcohol, less than 0.5%. I... It's like it, kombucha. Sophie, you're, you're feeling if I if I drank drink like twenty of these, <laughs> I exactly. will get it's like a, a light kombucha. Buzz. It yeah, it is like a kombucha. It's okay. You know what? I, sometimes I like having a drink. At the end of the day, I I want to get into like botanical things. I don't to know me, those saying. just taste weird. It's like yeah. you just put a bunch of flowers in like. But you're the apple cider. I I have been used ever since you told me about that. I do that pretty frequently, the gin and tonic, but with ACV instead. Yeah, I guess with that, I can like convince myself that there's some. I'm like cleansing my body <laughs> yeah. in some way. You know what I mean? And it tastes bad, so it's like it's a win-win. Where I'm like, I might be getting drunk, but also I might be like doing a colonic through the mouth. Right. And did somebody? Yeah, just send we us we a were we this? were just sent build a dude. This ain't build a dude. You don't get to pick and choose. Six pack abs with shoulders too. Bouncing pecs like Terry Crews. This ain't build a like- dude. You know we have feelings too. Ain't nobody's perfect. Why is it Just be cool with you. They keep doing that. The boys keep doing that, which is that like they do like a men's response to. This ain't build- <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> who is this this band's name is lauren sellerson who is this i have no idea dude no but the the bouncing picks like Terry <laughs> the boys keep doing that which is that it's um like a man's response to a song so like right. someone did one to um man i feel like a man exactly no someone did that to like one of the olivia rodrigo songs yeah they did a good for you it was like from the man's perspective and it's like the whole point is that we don't care. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift is kind of, like, ahead of her generation with that, as she wrote Betty from a man's perspective. Right. I just, like... So she's kind of, like, preemptively... It's, like, I guess the assumption that they want us to go off of in those videos is that, like, writing a song is hard, and so, like, they should be praised for, like, just having, like, rewritten the lyrics to a song. And <laughs> they it's, should like, be praised to, for doing what is essentially, like, a ninth-grade English project. Exactly. I mean, like... That's like, what if you rewrote, I mean, I, I, why did I say ninth grade English project? What I meant was a 12th grade psychology project, because that literally was a project that I did was rewrite a rap song about the brain. Yeah. It's easy. Like once you have a song that's already like produced and like out there for you, like you picking it up and like rewriting the lyrics to fit the topic of your choice is actually the easy part. You can write, I can make your brain rock girl. (laughs) Okay, I get it. Let me guess. It's the amygdala? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, mine was that. Mine was actually much better than that. Actually, I mean, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but that was, I wasn't even in that class. My friends were in that class and I wanted to do it so badly. <laughs> we did like a medley of like all these songs. I think my favorite was, uh, wow. Okay. My hippocampus don't, my hippocampus don't. Cut this out. My hippocampus out. don't agree unless you got new memories, please. <laughs> There's a, um, Oh, I rewrote one in history class for extra credit that was We Can't Stop, and it was about women's suffrage. Yeah, I was about to say. That sounds like it. And I'm trying to remember. 
I hope it was critical. About of women's suffrage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope you really got into all the nuance. Like, this on is it. fucking stupid. Yeah. Women shouldn't vote unless they're married. <laughs> Can't you see it's us who cannot vote? Can't you see we shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to, to vote? vote? We can <laughs> stop. <laughs> and we will stop. <laughs> we can't vote and we shouldn't vote. <laughs> Can't you see I get my period? What if it happens to fall on election day? <laughs> <laughs> election and to bring it all back before we get into the book, election day 2020 is when Erica Jane and Tom Girardi yeah. announced their divorce. This is not bringing it back to the book, honey. That's bringing it y'all, back. To- <laughs> if if y'all aren't watching this season of Real Housewives, you just at least watch this season's episode three because Lina, Lisa Rinna says a story. I and I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast, no. but you gotta you got because the way that she brings it up chef's kiss but i would also say only listen to that story if <laughs> yeah you were in a good mental warning. place yeah trigger warning on that story but essentially it is it is just a hashtag written moment and much like the election i feel like a good slogan that applies to both you know u.s politics and lisa rinna is lock her up Exactly. Um, So let's get into this book. Speaking of elections, we actually have, you know, an upcoming election in the universe of the book, which is the The anti-fingering campaign. The anti-fingering campaign. And so this week we read Ruthless, the second novel in the third arc of the Pretty Little Liars books. We are firmly, I would say, swimming with the sharks right now. Yeah, we're getting eaten. Yeah, we're getting eaten. My leg is getting fucking sawed off. We're like, we're. I think we're with the sharks in that like there's already been a shark attack in the Pretty Little Liars town. Um, But us who in this scenario are the mayors in the Jaws world are refusing to shut it down. Like we have the power to stop more deaths and yet we're refusing to cancel our podcast. Right. (laughs) And instead we're wearing like a suit with like what anchors on it like yeah, the riddler right. being like everybody should everybody should be going out on boats right now this is actually good yeah actually this is really good nautical, for the economy <laughs> yeah nautical themed uh excursions are great so this is what's happening which is that tom Marin is still running like franny said his anti-fingering crusade yeah. that's masquerading as an anti-teen drinking crusade i fully like maybe i'm fucking dumb and i assume the best out of like this books these books in this universe i fully expected this plot to be dropped in the right. next book yeah when is he gonna like you know when is he going to drop out of the election obviously hannah's gonna i mean she already has yeah she's book. gonna force his hand yeah so before we get into it let's just do a quick rundown of this book this book is ruthless it was published in december of 2011 six months after twisted we on that accelerated publishing schedule mm-hmm. that we have learned is characteristic of the ya novel because you need to publish the whole series before the reader um, ages out yeah aka starts fingering right and loses interest in your book so maybe that crusade also you know crosses over into um kind of the universe of mm-hmm. the existence of the novel because, you know, as soon as teens start drinking and fingering, they're no longer interested in the... In stuff like reading. Yeah. Or voting. Or voting. Or writing parodies of songs. No. Either. So, as we said, we're firmly don't swimming with... Finger, don't <laughs> finger. Don't finger. No. Don't finger or teen drink. <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, that that's, that's that improv school that that <laughs> improv skill that got me into the. Oh wait, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> um. So at this point, basically, like reading this today, 
I just need to posit this theory, which is that, like, these books have been totally, like, Sarah Shepard, instead of sitting down to write, you know, as mm-hmm. the, the novelist does, you know, perhaps with an outline, perhaps with a sketch, you know, certain, mm-hmm. you know, writing methods that adults use. I believe that she kind of sits in front of a big game board. Right. And she much has... Much like A. Much like A. And she sits in front of this big game board, and she has a collection of characters that can only move certain ways in front of her, and she essentially rolls the dice, and it's almost like the multiverse theory, but really fucking stupid, where, like, at this point, anything that could happen in these novels will. Mm-hmm. And it's just where it's going to be arranged sequentially, and that is yeah. up to the randomization of her dice roll. Exactly. It's sense. like an Excel spreadsheet, basically. Absolutely. Like she's, she has plots written down, and then it'll, they'll automatically populate a girl's name in them. Right. It's not the... Uh, no, okay, I disagree with that. It's not the auto-population of a girl's name. Like I said, each character... Like, you know, when you play chess. Mm-hmm. Each chess piece only moves in a certain way. See, so, like, the queen, you know, has free reign of the board. The knight That's does fair. that little L thing in mm-hmm. either direction. I believe that the characters in this novel are very much that way to Sarah Shepard. Right. Like, there are certain things the characters will always do. The like, Emily will always kiss a girl or, like, a girl she shouldn't. Emily will always either make a new friend or a new lover who, like, is, like, someone who, like, we've never met before but is somehow connected to someone else. And then that person will, like, eventually betray her in a way that is, like, either Emily's fault or, like, connected to a way that Emily has wronged her. Right. Um, Arya will always, like, have insane jealousy in a relationship that will cause her to self-sabotage and, like, actualize the very act that she feared. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah will always attempt to get closer to her father and in doing that, like, fuck everything up for her yeah. dad and make him hate her more. And try to gain popularity. Exactly. Or validation. Right. Validation, whether it be from a man, whether it be from, like, the school. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer will always just, like, do something fully indefensible and, like, turn the screw so far that, like, there is nowhere left to go. Right. Like, Spencer is always given the most detestable action. Like, in the last book, we saw her out someone. Yeah. In this book, we see her, like, straight-up plant drugs on a girl. Okay, wait. Right. <laughs> Let's just get into the Spencer plot. The the She plants easy A. What is easy I, A? It has to be Adderall. It but then they're like, be. it's speed. Well, okay, so it's obviously a stand-in for Adderall. I don't know why they didn't just say Adderall, but they keep saying it's, like, super dangerous and, like, people keep dying of easy A. Right, yeah. And, like, when... It, it be, maybe, and maybe it's, like, Coke. Maybe they just got Coke. Because Coke would make pill. you... It, I, do they say... Yeah, they do say it's It's pills. just a made-up... I mean, like, this is stupid. It's a made-up drug. Right, But the yeah. fact that it's called easy A when, like, you could just write Adderall... Adderall. I think they don't want to give any teens any ideas. <laughs> right. What are they going to say next? Say fingering exists? I don't think so, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm like, I'm thinking in terms of myself where I'm like, just, like, you know. Where can I get this? Yeah, right. <laughs> We're, like, because basically, like, it cuts, we get a cut back to, this is what I fucking hate about this arc of the novels. We get a cut back to the summer before the contemporary action, mm-hmm. wherein Spencer, as we know, att- has attended the University of Pennsylvania summer program where she's taking four APs In at like once. two weeks. Which I'm like, I don't think that would be possible. And I don't think the AP board would allow that. No. That's, They're very litigious. Exactly. The AP board is very passionate about the sequence in which people take mm-hmm. APs. And what, you're going to take rhetoric and composition at the same time? <laughs> right. I don't think so. Yeah, like, that doesn't seem like it fits our curricula. No. Um, 
so she is like friends with this girl there named Kelsey, who we have ding, 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 never heard of before. Right. In no. the grand tradition of this arc of the books, we've we, never well, heard of Well, she was bitch. mentioned last book. Yes, but we... But very briefly. I don't think Sarah had come up with what What happened. she had done yeah. to Kelsey yet, sure. So basically, this girl Kelsey and Spencer are friends, and they get hooked up with this guy named, correct me if I'm wrong, Phineas? Phineas, yeah. Billie Eilish's older brother, everybody. I mean, if the shoe fits. (laughs) If the shoe fits. And Phineas is a drug dealer, right? Drug dealer slash also taking this AP student. Right. Or he's like in, in college. He's like a sophomore at UPenn. He's, why would he be taking AP classes as a sophomore I don't know. at UPenn? I, maybe they, I think they maybe met him at a bar. Yeah, but it was a it was a bar gathering for students. These kids have way too much access to the bar. Maybe right. Tom Marin is right because the yeah. girls really be walking into bars. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is... They'd be walking into schnookums. Schnookers. Schnookers, excuse Schnookums. me. We'll get into that. See, like Hooters exists in the in the world of these books. So why doesn't Adderall exist? Because we've it's seen the characters thing. go to Hooters, name brand Hooters. <laughs> to name brand Hooters. If they can't give us if they can give us name brand Hooters, they should be able to give us name brand Adderall. Right. Because exactly. famously to a teen, Hooters and Adderall are the same thing. Yeah. When I was in high school before a test, I would be like, fuck, I can't get my hands on any Adderall. I need to study. I'm fuck it, I'm going to Hooters. I think for me, Hooters is kind of a downer. Um, Why? like in the in the drug sense. Oh, right. Because right, right. I see those those bazoongas and I <laughs> I think about pillows and sleep. Oh interesting. I think of mothers. See, I get really mother's milk. I get all speeded out because I'm like your your tongue goes out of your mouth and forms a little staircase, and then the hooter girl walks up it into your mouth. Yeah, exactly. And then I fucking ace AP chem. Yes. I write a rap. But you're taking at the same time as AP physics. Right. I write a rap about molecules that is so fucking adept that they give me a five just straight out the gate. Yeah, like, Jay-Z produces it. Exactly. He's like, listen, I know that this was a parody of my hit song, Onto the Next One, called Onto the Next Element, but I, I think that I'm actually going to take away, I'm going to pull my song from all music streaming platforms, including my my favorite, whatever the streaming, what title, including <laughs> title, and I'm going to upload your version. So That's this how is, good it is. This is my rap about um, molar mass mm-hmm. um, that is the a parody of, no, that is a parody of Jay-Z's uh, girls, girls, girls. I like moles, 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 moles. I do adore. Put your molar mass on this paper and I will give it a four <laughs> on the AP exam. <laughs> I realized like halfway through that that I actually know nothing about chemistry. And the only reason I passed chemistry is because there was an extra credit project where you could make of easy A. You could, yeah, I was on easy A and that easy A empowered me to hand sew a, a mole stuffed animal. Oh, that's kind of cute. That, yeah, that my teacher said was sufficient extra credit for me to not get like a C in chemistry as a 15 year old. So, uh, thanks Ms. Wayne Scott. You were real one for that. <laughs> Making it apply to my skill set. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, so Spencer is, like, full-on, like, doing drugs with this chick. We get this whole interlude where Spencer is just, like, speeded out. And for some—this is what I don't like. They told us in the last book that after the Jamaica trip, the girls pretty much immediately stopped being friends with one another Mm -hmm. um, because of the fact that they had killed Tabitha and, like, that was so triggering being around each other. In this book, we see a lot of interaction with the girls over the summer. Yeah. And there's tension, but they're still essentially— They're still friends. Yeah, Spencer and this girl Kelsey get caught, which is like, 
they would not get caught for taking Adderall, but okay. Right. Um, yeah, they, they were buying it off a dealer. Right. Like, in the shady streets of downtown Philadelphia, which is, like, who in downtown Philadelphia is, like, selling Adderall in the street? Yeah, it is funny because I'm, like, Adderall, well, I don't, this may be me talking out of my ass here, but I'm, like, isn't that something that you get from someone who has an Adderall prescription? Like, I don't know yeah. if it's mass Nobody's on like the market. Nobody's, like, cooking Adderall. I don't, you don't, I don't have know if you're to. dealing it. You can go to— I mean, I, you're dealing it if you have a prescription for it, maybe, but— Yeah. Yeah. That's, Phineas, if you're out there, tell us how you're doing. Right. It. How are you doing? So, also, they were carrying it in prescription bottles. Right. So they, they went to just they went to the pharmacy. Right. But Spencer is like so privileged and like so unaware of how like normal people live that they went to like a CVS and Spencer is like this. This is shady. Yeah. Spencer is like this is I'm. She's like I, I see right equal now. value. <laughs> hand sanitizer instead of Purell? No. Yeah, she's like, what is that? What are all of these, like, on-sale, like, Easter candies? Like, <laughs> I don't feel safe here. And why is Fourth of July stuff already out? <laughs> right. What's it's going April. on here? Yeah. So she is, like, she and this girl, Kelsey, get caught. They get brought into the police station and, like, pulled for interrogation, which, like, honey— Interrogation for—come on. They would just get kicked out of the program, right? Yeah. It would just be, like, no— They're like, buying. They're not distributing. Right. And they're, they're, they are white, rich girls at a UPenn program. Like, yeah. this would not happen. Like, that's never happened. Maybe they would get kicked out of the program. Or maybe they would call Spencer's dad and he would, like, give them a million dollars. Right. Like, Actually, it's good for them because then they can blackmail. Literally. So they get pulled in, and Spencer somehow—this is the craziest thing in the world. She is like, I can't go down for this. The police tell her—Spencer's so fucking stupid. The police tell her, they're like, that girl Kelsey's telling us everything about you, which is like the number one. If you've ever watched a movie, you know that they're lying. So she calls Hannah because they've let her have her cell phone. Like, they've been so bumbling that they forgot to take her cell phone away from her. She calls Hannah and tells Hannah to drive down to Philly and plant Adderall in this girl Kelsey's room to make it look like she's dealing. Which, then, at the end, Spencer is essentially absolved of of this crime because then Kelsey's like, well, I had another secret stash. She didn't even plant one. So, so— I'm pretty sure she says that she yeah, has a second yeah. one. But then it's like, so I think that we were supposed to be like, oh, actually, Spencer didn't do anything that bad. But it's like, yes, yeah. she did. Spencer did the right thing by exposing this criminal. Right. Yeah, it's it's sad. I, I hated that this girl was, Kelsey was kind of made into, not like a full villain, but I don't, I hope, she she did not get a lot of sympathy. No, and it was like, this is, a, because of course then, because nothing in these books can happen free of, like, the game board that I've just laid out. Kelsey and Emily meet at a party. She tells Emily that that she goes by Kay. They immediately, like, make out and then become best friends and then also, like, more than friends. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, because of this quote-unquote coincidence and because— there are pictures of Jamaica on Kelsey's phone. Everybody's like, it's her, it's Which, A. It, it's just like, okay, first of all, we, we're we led to believe that millions of teens are in this particular place in Jamaica. Right. Maybe this is the only place in Jamaica that's, like, letting these teens, like, rent rooms or whatever. And, like, drink their faces off to the point where they, like, murder one another. Right. And the photos are not of them. It's just, like, fo- it, perhaps she just pulled them from the site. Right. You know, it could, they could just be, like, promotional images for this place. Yeah. So, basically, this poor Kelsey gets the same treatment of any character that is newly introduced in one of these books. She, she is gets horribly, horribly injured. Yeah. 
<laughs> and mistreated. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, like, blamed for basically anything that, any A notes that happen in the book, any, like, maliciousness that the girls might perceive is directed at them, uh, Kelsey gets blamed for it. Right. So that's, like, the main thing with the Spencer storyline. Spencer is playing Lady Macbeth. Oh, my God. And she is so mean to Emily, too, because Emily continues to hang out with Kelsey, and then Spencer finds out, and she's like, you little, like, did you really think Allie liked you at all? You always do this. You all, And, like, Spencer is needlessly mean and cruel in this. And she's even, like, mean to Hannah when Hannah plants these. She's like, well, of course you're going to plant them. Like, like she's not even appreciative of, of Hannah planting these, the drugs for her. Right. Which is crazy because we've been told up to this point that, like, they weren't friends anymore. But right. Hannah drove her ass down to Philly and planted these drugs mm-hmm. on Spencer's behalf. Which is like, sorry, I wouldn't do that for anyone. If right. you called me and told me to plant drugs in no. somebody's room, I would not do it. I wouldn't do it either. Because Unless it's planting drugs in my room, honey. Yeah. <laughs> plant that drug in my plant room, Plant that girl. drug. Let me find it. Let me go on a little scavenger hunt. Plant that drug. <laughs> right. Set up a little drug scavenger hunt for you yeah. when you get home from work. Yeah, no, I like the number one thing for me is like I'm not leaving my house at night. I'm not getting my and car driving somewhere when I'm in bed. She she's gonna be like, I can't. Yeah. I have curfew. My parents like I've been around like five murders in the past two years. Like, no, my mom's not <laughs> right. gonna let me out of the house at nine forty five at night. Come on, yeah. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, my dad, you know who my dad is, right? He's Tom No Fingering Marin. <laughs> right. You think I'm getting out of this place? Come on now. Yeah, come on, Spencer. Tom is his whole thing. What he's going to run on once he, you know, is running for re-election is teens not going places at night. Right. And again, that's fine because you know I was at Navy Pier this weekend. I, I had friends in town. They wanted to go there. Um, that's so, I see, I have a bone to pick with the, what I will call the, the group that is Franny's friends, because, okay, here's, here's the thing. You're self-excluded. Myself excluded, because I, in this particular situation, I was excluded. So when I arrived to your birthday party on Friday night, it was a birthday party. It was, there was a theme. We were all white. When I got there, everyone was sitting down. Strike one. Navy Pier, strike two. Strike three, incoming. But Franny's friends, come on, guys. Like, yeah, you're, you're pick waiting up, up the slack. At Navy Pier, though, here's what I'll say. Well, number one, there's a volleyball tournament, which was kind of fun. I didn't get to watch it, but it was fun to see teens walk around just in their volleyball. Oh, it was like a, like, it wasn't like a volleyball tournament for fun. It was like a. No, I felt like viscerally, like, living through, like, a teen, like, at a choir concert, like, when you're waiting for your at a choir competition when you're waiting for your scores and you just like go and like fuck around in like a geometry room or something. That's that's kind of how I was feeling watching these teens like swarm around Navy Pier. There was a Navy Pier that we went in this funhouse maze because it rained and the funhouse maze had a plaque that was like winner of the presidential award of best funhouse maze on Navy Pier and a photo of Obama, which is funny to me because I'm like, number one, it is the only funhouse maze. Right. Number two, I'm like, Obama's not doing this. But at Navy Pier, there is a people under eighteen are not allowed to be there without a parent, and I think that that's a a, a rule that we should all abide by. What happened there? I think it's. But remember, Newport on the Levee had that too. They're like there were After too a many teens. time at night. Yeah, right. I think so. I think it was at. But I feel like the certain time at night was like four p.m. Right. Exactly. It was like once the sun goes down, yeah. if you are seen without a parent, it's on site. And like clearly, both of us just wanted to be in the in the Starbucks. 
in that Barnes and Noble. Oh, that was a good like, one. Like loitering and right. reading slowly, probably reading through a Pretty Little Liars book. I only ever went there to go to the movies. Yeah, I, I did. I They had some, they had the Deweys there, which was fine. There was a Deweys there? Yeah, it's like on the second floor. I liked that AMC. I thought that it was fun. Yeah, because it had any AMC where like you have to take an, L, an escalator up to where like the theaters you are. You feel like you're in the commercial. Exactly. You feel like you're going to be like, whoa. Yeah, and there's the like an element of mysticism where it's like, it's like a, like a separate space. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like this spatial idea where like, I've bought my ticket. I'm going up the escalator. I'm going into somewhere that is different. And I'm right. there. I will be able to enjoy my movie and sort mm-hmm. of enter into the sphere of, you know, whatever it is that I'm consuming. Right. So, okay, so... Should we get into Emily? I guess we can. I hate this bitch so much. Truly, she, like... Nothing happens, though, other than she kisses Kelsey, and then she's like, I guess she might be A. Right, but And the she goes whole, to a party. That's her plot point. Right. She goes to a... So, Emily, at the beginning of the book, her sister Carolyn comes... No, not Carolyn. Beth. Beth. Who I'm like, are they coding Beth as queer? Beth, like, has a nose ring. Yeah, and also, they're like... They're, there is a comment made at some point, and I wish I would have written it down where Beth was like, if you don't make out with her, I will, about Kelsey, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe she's just a wild and crazy gal who, you know, doesn't think about things such as gender when she's choosing who to kiss, which, you know, more power to her. But it was like they were trying to, like, show us, like, oh, Emily, your sister's not so different from you after all. But what I took issue with was the fact that the idea that, you know, what they are having us suspend our disbelief in, which is that Emily was successfully able to give birth to a baby unnoticed by her parents. Yeah. I can suspend disbelief for a lot of things. I can suspend my disbelief that, like, somehow they were able to, like, be on top of a hotel and push a girl off to the point where she died. Like, right. I can, that, you know, not the likely— timeline- we know that she was pregnant over the summer, but yeah. also gave birth in the summer. So she would have been showing before. Mm. Don't you think? Like, let's say Not she that- gave birth in August and she went to stay with Carolyn in like late May at the latest. She would be showing a little bit. Yes, but there are universes in which you can cover that up. Like, I have a friend <laughs> like who— Like, if she, if she carries grocery bags in front of her all right. the time or a big purse. Well, just for example, I have a friend who's pregnant now, and she's—this is actually a good timeline because she's yeah. due in August. Mm-hmm. She, the first time—and I see her almost every single day because she's my neighbor. The first time I really noticed that she was showing was a week ago. About a week ago. Yeah, it— I guess some people don't don't um, show as easily. Yeah. But I have a friend who got pregnant at 19 who did not know she was pregnant for five months and gained no weight. And she's, like, real thin. Okay. Well, because the other thing I was going to say was, like, wouldn't they be like, oh, Emily, like, you look different. Like, wouldn't she have some, like, post-baby weight to that? Not, I, mean, I guess they could have just been like, you did spend the summer at a fried fish restaurant. Right. So that's not crazy that and you those gained things, weight. And those things are, like, all, like, imaginable. What's unimaginable to me is like as somebody who currently has a lot of drama with medical bills in her life, mm-hmm. your parents are seeing those those bills are popping up, dude. Where are they mailing okay. the bills to Caroline's fucking dorm room? It, but maybe Caroline delivered the baby. See, but that's but, and trauma. she like yeah, <laughs> like, I know, what? and that shouldn't happen. I, now I'm just thinking of Emily going through a pregnancy with like no no, ob, ops, whatever that <laughs> gynecologist. I'm going to say the like word a, I do know how to say gynecology. Like, you know. 
Uh, obstetric. Obstetric, yeah. Um, giving birth in, like, a Villanova dorm room. Yeah. Like, in the, that shit does not have air conditioning. No, that's not sterile. Also, like, did Carolyn have a roommate all summer? Like, where is Emily sleeping in her fucking giant, swollen, pregnant body? Like, they keep talking yeah. about how Emily's staying in Carolyn's dorm room. Like, we've both been in a dorm room. There's no room for an extra pregnant chicken there. No, that's a lot of space that that one needs. And then, well, I guess she just gave up the baby right away. Maybe, like, you know, disbelief here. Maybe we'll find out, and it'll be like, oh, like, she immediately, like, had, like, parents who wanted to adopt, and, like, they paid for it. But she would still be on their insurance. Right. It's like, it's still, all of that shit's still in your Yeah, name. they're like, you what's this bill? Yeah, I mean, You she, have a copay. Right. Like, she talks about in the book, she's like, oh, like, my worst fear is that all of a sudden, like, my parents look at their insurance statement, and they see prenatal checkup on it. When it's like, yeah, dude, this week my mom sent me a full, because I was having some medical bill drama that I'm not going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom sent me a whole fucking spreadsheet of all of my doctor's visits for the last two years that were fully itemized for what I got done. And that was immediately accessible to her. Yeah. No, parents know. They're going to be like, you went to the little qu- clinic twice? Yeah. For a UTI test? Right. She's like, what the fuck are you doing at that little clinic? What do you do at that little clinic? With bacterial... I'm like, I'm gonna go to a little clinic because then I can get a Starbucks drink after if there's also a Starbucks in the Kroger. So I will that's never, right, Mom. I will never go to a little clinic again. They've done me dirty so they many They did times. do me dirty. TMI, but they did us both dirty with you, I, I had a UTI and it did not go away with antibiotics that they gave me. And you, you said that your doctor was like... You can't go to the little clinic for they won't they'll yeah. stick you on the antibiotics. I've been it's like told, not a controlled substance, right? Just give me ten day course. Yeah, I've been told by multiple healthcare providers, both my own doctor and then like people in the field, which is that like I've been told by both groups of people that you never go to the little clinic for a UTI because like they'll just fuck you over in every sense of the word, and they don't have your chart. So like myself, an idiot who forgot to remind them that I was allergic to penicillin, they will right. be like, oh, you need a stronger antibiotic? Here, take these. And then you'll like wake up in the middle of the night with hives all over your body. For me, they'll be like, you have a UTI? Here's some peanuts. Go right. ahead and eat them. Exactly. Like, go in the corner and eat those peanuts. Like, go, we, hey, we have out. a lot in here. We're, we're in Kroger. Right. Just go out. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Go out there. So that's um, Emily's deal. I hope yeah. we find, I mean, I'm sure we will find out more about the baby, but it would be funny if the baby just is never <laughs> brought up again. That's it with Emily. Like we said, she, oh, she gets pushed down a hill. Yeah, by, and they keep being like, I, this is the phrase I am tired of hearing. I'm tired about hearing about a lilting giggle and a flash of blonde hair. What does Guess that what? mean? Guess what? Also, wigs exist. <laughs> right. It means that, that Allie is doing it, like, or Courtney or whoever. Right. It means that is means that Allie Courtney Rob is doing it. Yes, Allie Courtney Rob. Correct. Because that is the Allie that still has the possibility right. of being alive. Yes. My thing is like, what does it mean to ha- see a flash of blonde? What does that feel like? Like, explain to me the sensation of like what physically is happening. I guess that they're just like, oh, like they like this person must have long hair and they like whip it around the corner and they just see that. But I'm like, if you can if you are seeing a person enough to make out their hair color and not, it's never like I saw her like, you know, white skin, you know, whatever. Like I can, I can see how you could probably see like a hair. There's not that much of your hair on your body. Like if you're going to see a flash of something, it would be their clothes color, their skin color. It would not be their hair. I don't think. No, definitely not. And of course, but I guess she also has the lilting giggle. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is I'm like, why is she giggling? She would this bitch is if this is true, this bitch is laughing a lot. Right. And too she's, much. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets pushed down. Emily's fine. Um uh and then Aria, um, Noel breaks up with her. Yeah. And Emily or uh Aria assumes it's because of Claudia, but I guess it isn't. Well, it is. I mean, it is, but yeah. But he's like, I never touched her. Yeah, it's because she, like, this is what I said at the beginning. It's Arya sabotages these relationships because she's, like, doesn't feel worthy. And because she's dating high school boys, they don't know how to validate her in a correct way. So they're just like, why are you being weird? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, who does she go back to but our favorite, Mr. Ezra Fitz? Dude, the— This is Ezra Fitz. He is back in worse than ever. When when she opened up her computer to email him, I truly almost put the book down and said, let's You broke the, the Kindle in half. Truly, because this was— The return of Ezra Fitz is, first of all, like, we do have to give credit to Sarah in that, like, she makes it abundantly clear in this— arc that like he's a loser he is a fucking loser i was so triggered she didn't do that in the first one is the thing so she's kind of retconning his loser status she i don't know if she is retconning it for herself but she is certainly like i gotta draw this out to the nth degree because like some people were standing ezria some amazon grandparents are mad that they bought this for their their 13 year old i just i really this was triggering because, like I said, I made, like, the shadow connection between my high school boyfriend and Ezra in a previous episode. Mm. Because, like, my high school boyfriend, I believe, if I'm correct, is now a substitute English teacher. And he—I can just—like, the the manipulation tactics and, like, the, the attitude. Like, I only see him now when I read the Ezra right. character. And it's just, like, skin-crawling— with, like, like the most unsexual feeling I could possibly experience. Right. And I think Arya feels that, too, because she, Ezra writes a book. He's written a book about Arya. He's living in New York, like, on no, on, he, I mean, he has like, family money, probably. He's living in New York, like, ostensibly, like, mooching off of one of his friends. Right, yeah. He's, like, crashing on a couch, and he has written a novel about— In the span of, like, a couple months. Right, Like, but this man has high output. He, I will he give is, him that. He's doing, a like, a huge word count a day. Um, But he writes about Arya, and Arya's like, this is really bad writing. She's like, like, he uses words—well, no, she likes it, but she gives him a slight criticism— and, like, because the character of Arya is really clingy. Like, she writes him too many haikus, and her nubile skin is... Yeah, like, so basically, yeah. it's a novelization of his affair like with Arya. yeah. In which the Ezra character <laughs> dies... Of anthrax at the end. I did think that was very funny. Yeah, I do, too, because it's like she... The author is doing everything she can to make us absolutely 100% sure that, like, this guy's a fucking loser. Right, yeah, we know for sure. Yeah. Um, so then he eventually, Claudia makes out with him at like at the cast party for Macbeth, which and they're all, also, everyone is at this cast party. I'm like, these are exclusive events held in someone's basement, okay? You're not getting in. The thing about him that turns me off so much and maybe is what makes it me relate to it to my, you know, teenage mm-hmm. lover is the cluelessness. Right. Which is that he basically like, he spends this book trying to convince Arya like, he's like, oh, me and Ari are together now. Like, this is it. Like, this is us. And then he's like, okay, so when are you going to tell everyone that I'm your boyfriend? 
Right. And she's like, dude, like, we have to take this slow. Like, you were my English teacher last year. And he's like, speak English. Yeah, speak English. Like, he does not. That I taught you. Right. He's like, he fully does not understand why maybe she would. Like, not want her mom to, like, meet him. To walk in on the two of them in her bedroom. Yeah. Like, and that is the cluelessness. It's like, he comes back as, like, the most disgusting version of himself that he could possibly be. Where he's, like, all of our, he's, like, moved to New York. Moved to New York right now. Which is, like. And she's, like, my parents will let me. Right. I'm, like, no, they won't. And the biggest thing is I'm, like. They're better parents now that they're divorced. Exactly. They totally are. They're taking baby Lola to swim class. Yeah. Thaddeus and Ella are like kicking and he's like not trying to sexually assault Aria. Yeah. I just hate the like the cluelessness where he's like, so I'm like, you know, what, 25? This girl's 18. This is definitely gonna work out. Right. Exactly. And there's nothing weird about me wanting to date an 18-year-old. Wait, I had a question. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Billie Eilish, who is 18, is dating a 29-year-old? Mm, that makes me sad. Isn't that I, so I dark? feel bad for her. Everyone is is up in arms right now about her, you know, quote unquote queer baiting. That's but, not real. But I'm also like, she's like 19. Also, it's like she's queer, 18. Yeah. Queer baiting is like, it exists, but it's not that. Like, I think that people have this very, at least in my opinion, and obviously, you know, whatever. This is literally just my opinion. But as as queer women. Sure. But my opinion is that, like, sexuality is so complex and also our... So, like, the the subject matter at hand is the music video for her new song, Lost Cause, where basically she's, like, partying with a bunch of chicks and, like, they're, like, kind of dancing on each other. But it's, like, to me, I watch that video and I'm, like, something, a topic I think that's always interest, both interested both of us is that idea of the way that sexuality plays into friendships between two women. And the way that it can, it can form via that. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm, like, you know, with the Taylor Swift, I was about to say, like, Taylor Swift's, like, 35. That's not true. She's, like, what, like, 27? She's no, she's 30. Okay, she's 30. I'm, like, I can understand why people would begin to be frustrated with with her if— Yeah, being, which, and I do think that she—I think that she probably is queer, and I can understand the frustration with her having a lot of power and not wanting—not coming out, but, like— See, we disagree on this. That, that she's queer. I don't think a queer person could have written, you need to calm down. That's the cringiest song but of all time. But could they have written like, me, exclamation point, <laughs> yeah. featuring Brandy Yuri. Um, No. That that was her throwing us off. That was her beard. You need to calm down was the beard. Yeah, being um, like, but this is the thing. I think queer baiting applies perhaps in the Taylor Swift situation only with regards to you need to calm down, where she's like being like shade and like, and Karamo and, like, the rest of the found five <laughs> in the video. Classic terms. Right. Karamo, Karamo, Anthony, Bobby, Shane, yeah. Bobby, Tan, Jonathan. Like, though, that bothers me because it's, like, this is the most, like, weirdly cartoonish, like, quote-unquote queerness that is just, right. like, literally just, like, what, you know. Like, pe- a target. It's 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 Bullseye's Playground vibe. Exactly. And Bullseye's Playground is a cool place to hang yeah, out. Yeah, Bullseye's Playground <laughs> is also, like, that. if we were to open a gay bar, I think we would call it Bullseye's, <laughs> Bullseye's Play- Playground. But, but in regards to Billie Eilish, I'm, like, she is 19. I certainly did. I mean, I don't know, like— you can not have your sexuality figured out at, at 24. I'm like, I'm pretty, I, for what I know now, I'm fine. Also, but like, it's like, I'm not, there's things that people, you know, it's, I totally. don't know. I don't, I don't feel the need to tell this, this 19 year old. It's like, yeah, she's profiting off of it, but guess what? So is, so are 
queer artists as well. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like, do they need, it's it's just well, like. Well, here's the thing that about the Billie Eilish video is that I felt it actually captured an interesting nuance with regards to female sexuality mm-hmm. and the way that being around your friends and expressing your sexuality with your friends can like make you feel sexual or sexy and the weird, you know, gray area that that inhabits. Right. And that's a really common experience too. And that's how a lot of people find out that they are queer. I I mean, certainly that was a big part of me being like, oh. Right. I guess I love when we go on Omegle because, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But no, but like the labels of that, like it's like a, it's like the thing, like, why are we pressuring this young girl to, like, be like, say you're fucking queer, Right, bitch. and and I think people are trying to use it as, like, a like a, a profit thing. But to that, again, I, I say that probably anyone making that much amount of money is wrong. But I do have more sympathy for an artist versus, like, why are we not calling out— um, Was she goth-baiting before? Right, exactly. It's like, I don't know. I And again, you know, we welcome a diversity of opinions. But 100%. as a queer person myself, like, I— don't care. To me, I'm like, get mad when Bud Light releases an ad that says, let's drink beers, queers. (laughs) That, to me, is violence. (laughs) To me, that is violence. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, like, because I'm like, she is an individual, and you're not getting mad at at Bullseye when Bullseye... Don't bring Bullseye. He's an individual. Bullseye pulls out a a bisexual flag, and then he winks, and I'm like, what does that mean, Bullseye? Right. And he's like, come to my playground. It's so like I let everyone in. Wink. Yeah. It just pisses me off because it's like, just leave this teenager alone. She has enough problems. She's allegedly dating like a 29-year-old dude. Yeah, you focus on that. Get her out of, save her from that first before. Yeah, like, clearly there's a lot going on in her life. I just don't think, like, queer baiting among young artists, like, and I get that it's a tempting issue for young people in that age demographic who, like, want to feel represented, but it's like, to me, it's not something I want to spend my time worrying about. Right, yeah. I understand it. But yeah, I th- I think that the justification for that is like, but she's profiting off of it, so she has to say it. I'm like, I don't know, like, and then that gets into like, well, how can texts be read? Do, well, do you remember the like whole situation with, and a song that I I thought at the time was bad, but I now I now get stuck in my head. The girls like by Rita Ora and like Cardi B was on it. Is like sometimes I just want to kiss girls, 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 red wine. I just want to kiss girls, no. girls, girls. People were like, she's queer baiting, she's queer baiting, and then Rita Ora had to be like, no, I, I'm. Like, they, she was essentially forced to come out over it. Right. And I just, it's like, I don't know. I, like, so am I wrong for liking watching Billie Eilish clap her cheeks? That's the ultimate question. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, you know, like, I like the video. I like seeing Billie Eilish <laughs> and all these other hot girls in monochromatic looks rub up against each other while drinking soda. Like, right. am I a fucking monster now? <laughs> like, is this am a I Ezra problem? Fitz? Right, exactly. Am I Am I Ezra Fitz? Um, well, I, I do. I have something I, I put in the mail for you, so hopefully... <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> Neither of us are in the are in are in uh, the correct legal place to be talking about. Right, anthrax. putting anthrax or anything for that matter in the middle. But I think also, it cancels it out if, if we're talking about doing it to each other. Right, exactly. They're like, well, honestly, you'd be doing the world a favor. Right, it's like FBI is like, our job is handled. Yeah, exactly. That's the now we don't have to do it. Right. Um. All right. So we talked about Emily. Uh, we talked about Aria. Hannah. Hannah. This bitch. I mean, first of all, if Hannah kisses anybody, you know that 
they're bad. Yeah. And that it's going to present a problem for her father. (laughs) Right. And it's like, again, we've talked about this with she keeps trying to go back to Kate and Naomi and Riley and she keeps trying to go back to her dad. I get that that's a complicated situation, but I don't think she really likes her dad that much. So, and I'm like, she's also used to her dad being a dick to her. Also, the stakes have been have been drastically lowered. Yeah, because her mom, she now lives with her mother again. Her mom is no longer in Singapore. Her mom's in control of her as a child. Right, like she's not going to be homeless if her father kicks her out. Like before that seemed like it was actually, the stakes were pretty high there, but it was actually a real threat because her dad was like, I'm so disappointed in you X, Y, Z. Therefore, you know, at least tacitly challenging her home life and situation. Now it's just, like, if she pisses off her dad, it's like, okay, he's not going to buy her, like, a coach purse. Right. Yeah, she is, how she does it this time is she kisses the opponent's son. But then, again, it's, like, framed as if A set this up. Well, you forgot to mention where they meet. Oh, my God. (laughs) They meet, and this this is posited in the book as a success. And a, f- a flat, okay, quote unquote, a flash mob, but it's not a flash mob. It's like a flash performance, right? And, you I know, read about no dancing. Right. So this is 2011, which was, you know, essentially the year of the flash mob. Right. Wherein, you know, like oh, improv everywhere is a thing. Uh, my grandma emailing me and my cousins to organize a flash mob <laughs> at the family reunion with a dance that she choreographed. <laughs> like all of these and things. And did you do it? And is there a video? There is a video somewhere, but it's, like, deep in, like, my grandma's Hotmail account. Like, it's not, like, posted anywhere on the internet. Okay. And I FBI, fear, you know what you gotta do? <laughs> FBI, do your thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I don't know if there's a video. It definitely exists, but it is, like, somewhere, like, deep in the bowels of, like, somebody's hard drive. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, like, not, it's not in the cloud. So Hannah is, like, brought onto her dad's campaign to work, like, youth outreach, which is, like, Give stop. this job, give give this, make this a pain job for not your daughter is what I have to say right. for that. So she organizes, she's like, you know what kids love? Flash mobs. So she organizes what she calls a flash mob, but what is actually, like, an impromptu rally at a college called Hyde College, which I took issue with because they stress over and over again that Hyde College is a Jesuit college. There are no famous Jesuits priests, to my knowledge, named Hyde, and every prominent Jesuit college has is like, named after is Xavier. named after a priest or like Loyola, you know, a biblical figure right. or something like that. So you know, to that I call a, bullshit. A created this college, I right? Think. A created Hyde College for the purposes of torturing Hannah and a flash mob, right? So she could calls- we call the insurrection a flash mob, <laughs> right? Because if in ways if it was, if we're defining flash mob in the terms given to us by the book, we could very well call the flash the insurrection a flash mob because they say in the book. Mr. Marin is like, wait, didn't one of those flash mob things turn into a riot recently? Like, I don't know if I want to do that. One of those, yeah, he's like, I don't know. I think that they liked dancing to push it by salt and pepper a little too much. Right, imagine. Like, I don't a- want them to push me out of the running. <laughs> so he, he or- they organized this flash mob where like a band called the Eggplant. Something. I don't know. Hannah is like, they're ugly, but they play good music. Right. This ugly band called like the eggplant situation or something like that. <laughs> the eggplant situation. That's legitimately it was something it was the eggplant something. Yeah. Um, 
And they show up and they play and like all of the students from Hyde College show up and party and then like Mr. Marin gives a speech and, you know, it's labeled as this big success. But Hannah meets a Hyde College student named Liam. They make out and of course he is the son of her father's opponent in the Senate race, which is like literally whenever one of these girls kisses someone, we should call it like the kiss of death because it means that they are putting themselves and whoever it is that they've kissed in a direct line of danger. Exactly. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's never like, oh, I met this guy. We kissed. It was a fun time. We never spoke again. It's all good. No, and it's it's especially dangerous if you think of what kissing can lead to, which is exactly what Tom Marin, yeah, which is exactly what Tom Marin is trying to prevent. That's why I'm endorsing O-Duels for teens, for teens who do not want to finger. If Tom Marin were here, he would not be roasting you for the O-Duels. No, he'd love it, but then he'd get mad because it still technically has alcohol in it. Right. Tom Marin is like, you should not be able to buy kombucha at Target. No. He's like, do you need nail polish remover? Too bad. <laughs> right. It's prohibition, bitch. Yeah. So Hannah kisses this boy. It leads to this like torrid affair where they're like meeting up in the woods because like they don't, you know, they don't want to be seen. And then he keeps being like, let's run away together. He shows up at her house one night. It's just like truly toxic. Do we see what happens? Because that's pretty much it for Hannah's story. And then she sees him in the paper with another girl, like photographed, uh, because I guess his dad's like the incumbent or whatever. And then- uh, she is like, okay, well, he had told her the secret about how his dad had paid for a mistress's abortion, and she's like, I'm going to leak that to the press. Which, obviously, it's not going to go well. Uh, did we talk about what happened to Kelsey at the end? No, we didn't. Just that she... Trigger warning. At the end, Kelsey attempts suicide. Yes. And it is handled, of course, very poorly. Right. And it is, you know, kind of framed as like, well, if the pretty little liars had never gotten involved in her life, like, she would be fine. Yeah. And they're kind of like, but it's her fault. Well, because it is. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, Spencer, but Spencer is like, yeah, like. Yeah, no, they fully are like, yeah, well, you know, this is what happens. This is what happens. Like, they're like, is her not being A? Like, right. I don't know. It's like, yeah, she still like she's, gets the A treatment. I just yeah. feel bad for her. She's given I feel no bad for sympathy. And it's like, they truly are like, well, she's a criminal. Like, right, she has easy A. And it's like, guess what? Spencer did too. Right, Spencer you know what I mean? And we're speeding supposed all to forgive fucking her. summer. And, like, we can. Like, that's fine. But, like, I that's why there's a moral inconsistency in these books that I, I get annoyed right. with. It right. needs, like, jigsaw level rules. We need a jigsaw to come in. These girls straight up, the, no matter which way you cut it, unless we're, we're corrected in later books, these, as far as we know right now, these girls straight up murdered poor, sweet, innocent Tabitha on spring break. Tabitha, right. who is just, well, we'll get to oh. her. We'll get to her. But Tabitha, who is... Uh, for all they know, just trying to be friends with her. Right. Be, she was just trying to be friends with them. While having a dossier on their interests and right. deep, dark secrets. Which we'll get to. And they straight up murk this girl. And then they want, Spencer wants to come back and like play fucking Lady legalese, literally. Yeah. And be like, well, Kelsey deserves all of this stuff because at the end of the day, she was a criminal. Right. And it's like, girl, you murked someone. Yeah, you, yeah, it, it's not good. Um, and here's what happens. We learn about Tabitha is that she was at the preserve at the same time as Allie and Courtney, which it's like, of course, we can't have a random person in this book who's not connected. They could meet anyone anywhere and they would somehow be connected to the girls. Right. It's like, there is never just meeting someone in the novel. It's like sh- her her University of Pennsylvania summer keychain 
glinted in the sun. Emily thought it was shiny. It's like, fuck you. I'm not fucking 12 years old. I know that this is fucking Kelsey. It's going to cause conflict between Emily and Spencer because Spencer is a homophobe. And she doesn't want to admit it. But like in this book, she basically is like saying that Emily's like desperate and like that she kind of cuts to this thing where she's like, you don't understand the difference between like friendship and like affection, which is so fucking homophobic. Yeah. Like it's like, who, who are you? Emily, Billie Eilish? Right, exactly. <laughs> Who are you, Billie Eilish's 29-year-old boyfriend, Spencer? And, like, it's just so fucked up. And then it, like, and then Spencer is kind of able to, like, control the the tilt of morality. Right. And it's like, no, this bitch, like, she is, like, trying to write someone off as being a criminal when she's a straight-up murderer. Right. And then, like, being homophobic toward her friend because she could not stand to see somebody like, less miserable than she is. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going to happen in this next book, Sophie. It's just probably the same thing. Probably Kelsey's going to die before they get information from her. Ugh. Oh, well, did you bring up that Tabitha was a patient at the... Yeah, Did you just say that? Yeah, I I totally... I must have blacked out It's okay. It's it's late. It's late. We'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this up. So, and at the end of... I don't know what's going to happen in the next book. I think it's going to be... The baby got to come back a little bit, I think. Baby got to come back. We're definitely going to see the baby. I think that this perhaps was the swan song of Ezra Fitz. I think I think it's over. I think we've, we've kind might- of eliminated. I feel like this was maybe her way of being like, well, they love him on the show, but I don't want to write about him anymore, so let's get him out of there. Yeah, which I respect because it shows that she is actually, in a way, in at least one facet of this book, doing the Lord's work. Right. Yeah, that's about it. Wow. I mean, don't read these books. We will continue to recap them for you, but it's truly, it's not, you know, the early books are a fun reading experience. These are just like, like we said, sitting at a game board. Sarah right. Shepard is like dragging you around. She's like a popping fucking- that, that trouble, the pop-o-matic on the trouble board. <laughs> right. She's making those little guys go up and down. Just yeah. forming endless multiverses in her yeah. wake. Um, yeah, so check us out. We are continuing to release episodes every Monday. Um, you can find us in your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Check out our website at girlslikeus.show. We're going to have some cool new stuff there soon. Check out our sorority sister podcast at frolic.media slash podcast. Lots of awesome podcasts there. Allie from the SSR podcast has been absolutely killing it lately. In the last couple of weeks, she's had the American Girls pod on. They are friends of the show. We should get them back on soon. Yeah, we got to get them back um, on. That episode's a lot of fun. She has an episode that came out last week, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, uh, with Maureen Johnson, who is like wow. a huge YA writer, at least from back in the day with us. She also is somebody with a direct line to John Green. So perhaps... Oh, did she write one of the like, yeah. their little Let It Snow? Yeah. She was one of the Let It Snow writers, yes. So, you know... Come on the pod. Come on the pod and give us John Green's email address because we have questions. Um, Yeah, so check out Allie at the SSR podcast. She's been killing it and all the other frolic girls. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash girls like us show. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up on that. And uh, follow our social medias at girls like us show on Twitter and Instagram. All right. All right. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Bye.